0: Sheltered. Welcome to the sheltered for today, Sunday, April twenty seventh. I am here. I am not your lucky lady bean. I am Fox Greenwood. I'm here with my three favorite bandmates: Johnny V, Hello. Double D, Yo, and Mr. Dave. That's right, baby. So you might notice, you fellow listeners out there, that uh, we're missing someone—someone someone very important here. The Lucky Lady Bean. Yeah. Apparently, there was a donut emergency in the town of Dudley. She got called in at the last minute, literally just setting up to record this podcast here. We heard the sirens go off. Her phone started ringing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: she went to the donut cave. Dipping Donuts called and said, is that what it is, right? Yeah, okay, because it ain't the other Double D. I'm the Double D. Got called in. Got to make the jelly. Time to make donuts. Anyway, so that's where Bean is tonight. She can't join us. Maybe we'll get a little uh, text in, calling. Who knows what's going to happen here. Something could happen. We'll see. Well, who's going to make it happen? Make it happen? I think Dave's going to make it happen. We do
2: have Nigel in the room, though.
0: There is, there is we a we line We do here.
2: have Nigel. Nigel is her Nigel. brother. Hello.
0: <laughs> Nigel is a jellyfish. We're only making plans for, for Nigel. Nigel. It's not your cares. job to be as confused as <laughs> Nigel is. <laughs> Where's that <laughs> confounded bridge? It's such a fine line between stupid and clever.
1: <laughs> not so fine, dude. Aww. Aww. Like See?
0: So anyway, we got some things going on here. Uh, I kind of want to make a big announcement right here up at the uh, the top of the podcast. Where's Gary Ganoo?
2: Trying to fix my headphones. What?
0: Dave's still what, trying to learn what, how what, to what, use what, a mic, what? by the way. Anyway. Oh yeah, I'm I'm trying to
2: fix my headphones, what? you know. What, what what? Headphones, what? So uh, what we got I'm going on blue headphones. What we got what, going what? on here is um, there's
0: been some changes within the sheltered. Uh, some of you might know this recently. Uh, our engine, the the drive behind the sheltered, uh, Mr. Michael Arguin, has decided to um, part ways with the band due to unforeseen circumstances. Um uh, it's a, it's, a, it's a tough loss for this band, because uh, really he is what made this album happen. Uh, he the way we recorded this album, it was literally him and me just recording at first, and we didn't even record the bass. It was all just drums. And you know he just kept everything solid, and he is such a, a big loss to this band, but we wish him nothing but our but the best. We consider him family. he's, he's our brother. He's always. We been, love the guy. Absolutely, man. and you can you can hear his drums on on our forthcoming release, Shadow Plan,
1: uh, loud and proud. I might add.
0: That's him there. Um, but when, like every band, when uh, a member has to leave or or decides they're going to leave, uh, the door gets opened, and uh, someone comes running through. And Holding scissors. Holding scissors, yes. Running with scissors, yes. <laughs> um, but we'd like to take the opportunity right now to announce Michael's replacement. Uh, I've been playing with him for the last few months. And Animal told- from the Muppets. Yeah. Animal! Uh-huh. Drums! A-waka-waka-waka! Anyway, and they uh, think it, I'm strange. I, I don't get this. <laughs> so I've been playing with this, with this gentleman in Tollbooth Willie for the last, uh, I'd say, uh, four months now. And I can think of no better replacement for Michael than Keith Ryan from. And he's Solo been videotaping
2: him secretly.
0: So uh, tonight, tonight so we could watch him. <laughs> and, and tonight, tonight's going to be the second night that Keith is actually uh, practicing with the band. And uh, you know, so Keith, we welcome you to the band. You have no idea what you've gotten yourself into. You are in so much fucking trouble, oh, and oh, you have yeah. no clue.
1: Because the other three guys There's something wrong with them. It's.
0: Oh. Yeah, you know what else it, it is? It's also pink fluffy unicorns <laughs> dancing on rainbows. Well, I don't. I don't think we're there tonight. We haven't gotten to that point no, yet. It's always that. It uh,
2: no, nobody did anything to me tonight. That's why. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
1: no one did anything to you in the first place.
3: Really? <laughs> <laughs> dancing on See,
1: that's what I said. Comes peer right?
2: pressure last time.
3: Uh-huh.
2: <laughs> Oh boy! Oh my! Uh, so, uh, well, well, well. At least we're not going to initiate him like like Metallica does. So we're going to move on to
0: our, our next no, subject here. Not. Yeah, no way. And, and plus, we don't have the million dollars to give him. Yeah, and
1: he's not Jason Newstead, so no, we're not. Well, going to the Oh no,
0: we, we wouldn't do that. And <laughs> that we, that's just wrong. And we don't have the the million dollars that Trujillo got when he joined the band. Exactly. Exactly. So, uh, that would be nice. we can give him a dollar. Dude. Yeah, we could do that. We could, yeah. <laughs> Just like leave a dollar on the snare drum. Here you go, Keith. Here's...
1: Well, we'll give him 75 cents. Okay.
0: Here's, here's the cut of the bank.
1: <laughs> well, wait. If he's part of Loch Ness Monster, we can give him Tree Fitty.
0: <laughs> tree Fitty? <laughs> All right. We like the Tree Fitty. All right. So uh, those of you who uh, also listen to us know that our one and only Dave, Dave Ritchie is uh, oh yeah filming a movie over here called Hard Rock Road.
2: Yeah, I'm actually filming it right now, and even though I'm filming Nigel. Yeah,
0: I am filming one. it right now. Uh, uh, Nigel is so far removed from the hard rock road, it's not even funny. He's hitchhiking on the side of the road, and all these trucks are driving right are by him. I believe him. he's underwater. Why are you trying to say walking around ice cream? <laughs> <laughs> you got to actually talk into the mic, Nigel, if you want to be thing. <laughs> Bring it down. I've Bring it down. There you go. So hey. there, folks,
3: Nigel. Because hey, no welcome, doubt he is not welcome, as loud Nigel. as... Uh, Whoa, Nigel hello, hello. That's Nigel
0: <laughs> so, so David is uh, actually f- doing some filming for his movie here right now That's uh, right At the Shelter uh, Podcast We need to
2: find out a little bit about Todd for the movie uh, Todd
0: What do you need to know about me?
2: Well, we need to know where were you born, man? When were you born? Uh,
0: I was born um, son of Byford, brother of Al <laughs> Really? Runs my name and D's my pal. There you go. But in, <laughs> no, in all honesty, I was born in Natick, Massachusetts okay. at uh, Leonard Morse Hospital mm-hmm. back in uh, 1974. Really? Yeah. So those of you, if you, you do your math, I will be turning the big four
2: zero this year. Nice.
0: Ooh. I don't look uh, a day over 26. What was the date on that again? 1974.
2: No. What was the date? Uh 9-14. Nine fourteen. So you're about uh, a year and three months younger than my wife. Is that what you're saying there? Uh, I'd say that's about right. So you're about a year behind her in school, there.
0: Sorry, had to get the lighter. Um, yeah, I graduated a year after uh, your wife did
2: from Medway High. From Medway High School. Mustangs represent <laughs> Medway
0: Mustang. High School.
2: <laughs> cool, cool, man. So uh, when did when did you uh, when did you get into music, man? Well, so the way I got into music,
0: mm-hmm. um, I mean, I always liked music as a kid, but when did I get into rock and roll? Is that what you're yeah, really yeah, looking yeah, for? Yeah. Um, like, when would you get the edge that hmm, I might want to play? Well, my uncle, my uncle Ron Callum, um, from, uh, from Maryland is a, is a drummer, fantastic drummer. He's been, uh, been in various bands. His, his biggest band to date is Unorthodox, did uh, a couple releases uh, in Germany of some albums, um uh, but he's a fantastic drummer. Uh he's the second coming of John Bonham. And uh just watching we, we used to go to his house every year uh for vacation as, as a family. So, you know, here I am, you know, growing up, six, seven, eight, watching him play in the you know, he has drum kit, they practice in the basement, they'd have the band there, you know, I'd sit there with headphones on so it didn't kill my ears and I just watch him play and that's where I kinda got the itch from, but I I didn't play an instrument until I was thirteen. Um, and I, when I got into rock and roll, it was actually, it's pretty funny because so Ron, Cal- Ronnie Callum gave my father a record and my father really wasn't into rock and roll, but this record was, um, kiss and it was, um, it why my destroyer? Oh, wow. And my father gave it to me. And here I am. I, I I have to say I was probably nine or ten when this record was given to me. And you look at the cover of that album with the four guys painted in faces. It frightened me. It frightened me. Frightened but, you? It frightened me. It really did. <laughs> I'm a nine or ten year old. You know, I, they, these guys dressed in clown makeup. It it frightened me. <laughs> but. uh I listened to the record, and there was just something about it. It starts off with Mm. Detroit Rock City with the whole guy washing the dishes, and he gets in the car accident. I was hooked right there. Right there. I I didn't know I had to be a bass player, but I know I had to listen to rock and roll. Um, So from there, uh, we moved from Natick to Medway when I was 12 and a half. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, I met a bunch of guys there, uh, The Skunk, uh, Dave Gatoulas, uh Ryan Kelly, uh, John Gordon. And around that time, they had, were forming a band. I bought a guitar off of Dave Gatoulas, which I wish to this day, and he knows if he listens to this, I destroyed this guitar. <laughs> it was an original. Okay. What did you do? Okay, I'll tell you what I did before I tell you, so everybody that listens that knows anything about guitars can all collectively sigh. So I, you know, the guitar was fine, but I decided I needed to be flashier because you know this is late, you know, Mm eighties. It's we're getting into it's hair metal time. Uh, So I took the thing all apart, gave it an awful paint job. Uh, I tried to scallop the neck. I, I painted the neck. Oh my god. Um. Destroyed the electronics.
2: Scallop and paint.
0: Yeah. I destroyed it. Basically destroyed it. And uh, to this day, I regret it because it was an original Dan Electro. No way. Yep. Are you kidding? No. Dead serious. An original Dan Electro. Oh, my God. He never lets me forget that. He's like, remember that Dan Electro I sold you? Because I bought it for like 100 bucks. We didn't know back in the day. It wasn't like it was like oh, it was a piece of shit guitar. Nuh-uh. Now you can see Jimmy Page playing one, and I mean, come on! I destroyed the thing. It's in some landfill now. It's you couldn't. There was no way you could save that guitar after what I did to it. And I and at that point, it was yeah. I need to be a bass player because I'm just not right in the head for guitar. <laughs> So, my dad took me to uh, the music nook in Milford, Massachusetts.
2: Oh, I've been there many times.
0: Yep. And uh, I bought myself a three quarter scale Grand Prix bass. And um, I think it was a Hal Leonard Learner's Guide. I think every any, yeah, any yeah, old every... school guy knows the Hal Leonard yep. Learn books. And so that's how I took my first foray into the bass. And nice. I just learned from there. I never took a professional lesson anywhere. Uh, I've learned from watching other people, talking to other people, other people in front of me, going to clinics, people just showing me things. I I'm really, I'm, I'm a hack who likes to play.
2: Was there a bass player around, though, that uh, no. you could kind of learn off of? Or no, there really was. not uh, t-
0: The person who taught me the most was actually the skunk, you know, because he'd be playing the lead guitar and he'd just tell me what chords were playing. And I was, at that point, I'm just playing root notes, you yeah. know, just. But for me, it was always listening. Listening to what you like, picking it up by ear and saying, trying to emulate it, trying to find the notes on the neck. Um, I'd never be able to you could yell out a C, probably five years after I started playing, I still did not know where a C was on the neck. You had to yell, f- string and fret note for me to act you yeah, know yeah, yeah. I, I, was, I still am a complete moron when it came to I can't read music. Um, I just pick things up by ear and feel. Yeah. Yeah. And watching other people, that's that's so there was really no bass players around. I mean, eventually, the I mean, I, there was a guy in Medway that played for a band Barefeet back there, uh, Brad Gilbert, yeah. who I always thought was a great bass player, and he actually uh, he jammed with um, Alec Anti Bendetto, who's a local drummer in, in uh, Medway. He's up for awards again this year, and rightfully so. The guy's amazing. Um, but I never really had a local guy to to learn. I mean, I could always gotten lessons somewhere, but I never did. So what was
2: uh, what was your first band? So my,
0: <laughs> my first band was uh, it was actually called Dead Earthworms first, <laughs> uh, and it consisted of Ryan Kelly on vocals, uh, <laughs> Dave the Skunk Catulus on guitar, uh, and John Gordon on drums. Um, but Ryan had uh, a little too much on his hands back at that time. <laughs> Um, I'm going to leave it nameless <laughs> I'm sure there's going to be some giggles To people who listen But we'll, we'll leave we'll leave uh, the innocent be nameless Um, And Ryan had to depart from the band And at that point we brought in Mr. Tim O'Toole And we changed the name of the band to uh, TYM which stu- stood for Twisted Young Minds I like that name yeah, It Ooh. was fun You know we were writing our own materials Little two three chord songs Such as Uh uh, down and dirty, um, uh, good name for a song. Oh yeah, I got a uh, freedom of. Uh, no, no. What was that? Uh, darker reality. Um, mm. uh, don't walk away, uh, which I believe you actually have a song with the same title. That's true. Uh, let's see what else we got here besides food service, which is great. I mean, this, this is, is Johnny's this food service. Is, this is, this is thank you, Johnny. This is completely professional here. We got food service and Giles,
2: everything. Thank you for bringing up the food.
0: <laughs> um, but some of those other there was just, there were some other hits there and they were mostly about driving in cars or chicks or you know whatever hair mm-hmm. metal band was doing at that time and we were just trying to emulate.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, we were all learning how to play. I have recordings of that that, you know, I can I can get you there. They're pretty funny. They're pretty cheesy.
2: Are any of the songs uh, you know, uh something that you could use now or pieces of the songs?
0: Um Probably not They weren't that good There was one song That I had carried with me For a long time uh, I'm trying to remember What it was called In TYM But eventually I brought it to the Metal band that I played In later, in later days Company of Strangers And uh, we rewrote re- it And called it a song Called The Cage Which was gonna be On the second album That never got released Or finished recording Gold metal gene pool uh, Cause that band Took a nosedive When the guitar player Fired the singer And then Decided to disband in the middle of the studio. I think there's a name <sighs> for those. Yeah. yeah. It's awful.
2: Those things happen a lot. It's awful. <laughs> so where'd you go from there? Uh, well, for, from Twisted
0: Young Minds? Mm-hmm. Well, from Twisted Young Minds, let's see. Uh, I played Twisted Young Minds for quite some time. Uh, Twisted Young, Tim, Tim O'Toole ended up going off to college, mm-hmm. and he was replaced by a friend of Dave's, um, uh, Bob Molanson. Bob Melanson stayed with us for a bunch of years. Bob's actually somewhere, I want to say, out in the Midwest. He's he's a bass player now, and he's he's a phenomenal musician. Uh, i actually have to ask Skunk about him soon. Um, but from there, uh, my first band outside of my high school band, I went and uh, joined a band called... Uh, it was going to be a tryout for a band called The Guilt, but at that time, the singer had left, and all that was left was the guitar player and drummer... A guy by the name of Alan Palazzini And the drummer was Kevin Spearin, And that band was called uh, Hometown Aliens And played in Hometown Aliens For a few years Uh, It was actually Captain Trips Captain Trips first And then we changed the name uh, From Captain Trips To Hometown Aliens Hometown Aliens uh, went on For a good number of years Then the original singer of The Guilt, Rick Van Wee Moved back Uh, The Guilt reformed And at that point Kevin, Kevin went back into the Navy we brought a guy named uh, Mike Dupre into the band, into the Guild.
2: I remember him. Yeah,
0: I believe Dave remembers remembers Mike. Um, so that ball could play. <laughs> yeah, the guilt, guilt was a Providence, Rhode Island band. Uh, kind of, I don't know, U2 meets surf meets yeah. alt rock meets. I mean, it was very... Uh, we played a lot of different stuff. We, pl- we played for a good number of years. Um, and then Mike and I decided to depart that band and... At this point, I had met you Mm -hmm. probably a few years before this. Mm -hmm. Um, At this point, Mike and I left the band, and I contacted you and another Mm -hmm. buddy, uh, Rob Wyckoff, and we had this project that we had started, which really practiced right across the hall from the guilt. Um, That ended. I mean, that didn't last that long. We all had things to do. Uh, And at that point, I actually quit music for probably... Seven or eight years, okay. I didn't, I didn't pick up a bass. I didn't play anything. Didn't do anything.
2: Wow.
0: Nothing. Um, so what got you back in? Uh, what got me back in is I, I was working at Paragon at the time, and they had just hired this this. Uh, you know, I always I got long hair. I've always had long hair. They hired this guy that works in the warehouse that had really long, brown hair, and he. I've seen him around, I was looking at him like, uh, you know, who's this hippie? And it's me, you know, saying that. <laughs> but, um like, three or four days after he had been there, he comes running up to me. He's like, dude, I hear you play bass. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I haven't really played in seven or eight years. He's like, uh, I play guitar. I play, what, what kind of music do you play? I'm like, I play everything. Uh, he's like, I play, like, shredding metal. I'm like, well, I, I'll jam with you sometime. So he's like, I already got a drummer, too. Uh who, guy did by the name of, um wow, why am I coming Brian, Brian Cullen. can't believe I just blanked on that. I'm old. Uh, and we went up to Wilmington and practiced in Brian's basement. And uh, what a fantastic, amazing drummer. And not just an amazing drummer, just an amazing musician. You know, I, I showed up there one day and he's playing some dream theater on guitar. I'm like, I didn't even know you could play guitar. And he's wailing this dream theater stuff. Uh, so I jammed with uh, Bob Powers and Brian Cullen for probably... Five or six years. We never played a show. We played one Halloween. We never had a singer. It was Mm. all instrumental. Oh my God. Uh, But it got my drive back. Mm. Because it wasn't, you know, play this, play this, or anything like that. It was just here. And it was, I'd never, we actually tuned down to C and then, like, I think another whole step down. I mean, some of our stuff was really low. It was like bass noodles. Mm. um, But I did that for five or six years and uh, we tried out various singers um and in that time i was just getting the drive that i i had to play out because i knew this band was never going to play out they, uh, There it was it was a lack of drive yeah. it was fun to do it and it was fun we did some recording uh we never released anything but um i knew it wasn't going to go anywhere so at that point um i was you know just making contact with people on facebook and uh I saw that Alan Palazzini had some sort of new project going, and it was uh, three guys practicing. and looked like it looked like a bingo hall at first because I had no idea what it was. It was just a a video that he put up there, Mm -hmm. uh, and jamming this. It was kind of cool, like seventies riff. I'm like, I kind of like that, Mm -hmm. and I just kind of followed it for you know a week or two. And he all of a sudden posted. He's like, "Yeah, we're gonna be looking for a bass player soon." i like, hey, you know, I've played with Al and various bands off and on. It's been a long time since I've seen the guy. I know I know shows could definitely come, something could come out of this. Mm-hmm. My whole tent going into it, too, is uh, just go and play, be a bass player. Didn't really want to do anything. Just wanted to play bass. That's it. That's it. So I, uh, I told Al, I said, yeah, I'd be interested in coming down and trying out, you know. Uh, the problem is, is I just broke my hand. So you're going to have to give me three or four weeks. I had surgery. it had to heal yeah. up. And he's like, yeah, we're in no rush. Um, so finally, the time goes by, and I, I end up going down to what turned out to be a Masonic Lodge, uh, not a bingo hall like I was seeing on the video. <laughs> and uh, I ended up meeting John Vardarijan and Ed Linz. Uh Alan was there as well. And, uh, you know, I set up my amp and made the introductions. And John comes over. He's like, hey, let me show you how this song goes. And I just said to John, sorry, buddy, I got it. You know, so I just been playing it wrong with the, the, the riff that, uh, that he'd been playing there. And uh, played that song with them. And then there was a couple of uh, old uh, Bedspin songs, which was another band I played with Al, with uh, the awesome Buck Burberry on drums. Buck with Love You, Brother. Um, played some of those, and I think uh, John and Ed were kind of taken aback that I had already known half the material that they had played. Just walking in there and meeting them that day, <laughs> um, and everything went good, and that that uh, that ended. And the band was called Rough Ashler at the time. Uh, I thought everything went good, and you know they said they were most likely going to have me back, and they didn't ask me back. The next week, uh, you know, I figured I was going to go down and jam again, but they said, uh, "No, um, why don't you stay home?" Okay, so I, I stayed home. And at that week, they tried out another bass player. Uh, that's that's kind of the side story why they told me to stay home because it was another bass player. It was a favorite ode to someone in the band. Uh, but that same week, they also tried out a singer that they had found on Craigslist. Uh, unbeknownst to me, uh, named Mike Kraft, and they apparently hired Mike Kraft on the spot without having a bass player. Um, but then finally, I was contacted. Uh, I think it was a Monday that said, "Sorry about not having you come down yesterday, but we had to try out someone else. But uh, yeah, we want you to come back. You know, we we want you to be in. So I come down, and there's a singer there. I'm like, Whoa, where'd this guy come from?" <laughs> Under you know, they're like, "Oh, we found him on Craigslist." I'm like, "Is he here to sing, or is he here to do something else?" Uh. So, that band went on. We we went. Uh, we wrote a bunch of songs together. Uh, fantastic, fantastic band. We had a great time. I mean, we definitely we wrote. I don't know how many songs, somewhere between eight and ten songs, in the first probably two months, and we were playing out. Within the third month, which was what I thought was way too early, we weren't ready yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we did it, and it just took off. I mean, we were playing two, three shows a month. I mean, I think the problem was we were trying to we were trying to play the area too, the same area too often. But we played a lot of gigs. Um, we had a good time, uh, but there was also you know some constant infighting. There was um, some professional lacking of professionalism. Uh, you know things that happen with every band. You know people get replaced. Um, uh, so at some point we we replaced uh, Ed, and Michael Arguin joined the band there. Uh, Mike Arguin, f- f- fantastic drummer. I mean the guy like I like I started the podcast. Uh, Love the guy. Uh, he came into Rough ashley We continued as Rough Ashler. I mean he just came in when Mike came in. All right, so we were kind of. Dicks about the way that Mike came in I gotta tell this, go tell this Poor Mike uh, Yeah <laughs> we kind of we were kind of dicks about it He came in and we just played every song Off the album that we were recording That was uh, called Drink Up Your Fate We never released it um, But we, he came in and made him play Every song on Drink Up Your Fate non, Like start to finish The guy's huffing and puffing <sighs> But playing every goddamn song Like perfect with more fire Than we'd ever heard at the end of practice, we're all outside cooling off and we're just letting him sit around there. And we finally talked to him. And, yeah, yeah, man, you're in. You <laughs> know, finally let him in after that.
2: How could you not. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so we played a bunch of a bunch of gigs with Mike and um Then we decided that we uh we had to change the name of the band. Rough Ashler, good name, unique, but no one would remember it. Uh, people would call it different things. Mm-hmm. Five minutes later, you know, it was it was it was a tough name oh, to I've go been through with. That. <laughs> So we had talked about it, and you know, we banded it around. It, and this isn't something that just was sudden. We had talked about it, and it was always Alan always didn't want to change the name. I mean, I can understand. He likes the name. He loves it. That's fine. Uh, but four of the five of us. Wanted to change the name. So we brought it up in a practice, and that led to a big falling out and led to Alan leaving the band. Um, at that point, we kind of just kind of sat back and said, what do we want to do? Do we want to get another guitar player? Mm-hmm. And I, everybody else in the band had enough faith in John to step up, because John had been stepping up for a long time anyway, and he'd been held back. He really had been. He really had been held back, and... uh And he, um, he took over guitar duties. John was always known as the rhythm guitar player, but now John, John's the guitar player. He really is. And he took this band. John's got a very heavy hand, but, I mean, as, a, as far as a writing partner, he's amazing. I mean, we can do a couple chords, and we can turn it into, you know, five, six minutes uh, of just pure and utter <laughs> rock and roll fantasia. Yeah. Um, <sighs> That's John choking on his sandwich. Um, But, yeah, so the band continued on, and uh, we went ahead, and we were in the process of recording an EP when Alan left, and we had to end up taking all of Alan's tracks off, and John ended up re-recording a bunch of leads and just really blew blew me, Mike, and Mike away. Um, And we released the the Sheltered, uh, the Mike Craft Sessions, uh, I would say that was about April or May of last year, believe it or not, that we had just released that album. Uh, this is, that was be May 2013, um, and we, I think, locally we gave this album away for free. It was something we recorded ourselves. We gave it away for free. I think there's some 350 copies in distribution that we ended up producing ourselves and giving away for free. So, for something that we just dis- did as a as a demo I'm pretty proud that we got 350 copies out there I mean you know it was a start um at that point things started to slow down for some reason um and you know we kept writing new material and it turns out that um Mike Kraft lost the drive uh, for music and I, I don't know what it is I think he was the youngest in the band we were all much older than Mike mm-hmm. Um, but I think it was a, he wanted to go and kind of keep being an acoustic troubadour where we wanted to kind of move in a little bit of a heavier direction, more towards like a Sabbath Zeppelin um, with the funk R&B mm-hmm. tinge in there. Um, so Mike left the sheltered and I contacted my old buddy, Mr. David John, who I heard, <laughs> heard through the grapevine was moving back up into the area. And around that time, he came out. There was a local music awards. I said, why don't you come out and just check out the music awards and come and check out the band? And he came up, did some filming, and checked out the band. And uh, then Mike left, and we said, you know what? I know just the replacement." So we called him up and said, why don't you come on down and just jam with us? And I think, uh, what, was it two or three songs in that we're like, you want to spot as the singer of the band? And that's when we (laughs) brought this gentleman in here. And it's been. Uh, Nigel said it was cool, so you know. Yeah, it's quite all right. <laughs> his his debut was was quite the uh, the fire. Let's tell you, we we uh, did what four rehearsals, Mm-hmm. and we played a gig. <laughs> I thought I thought playing three months with another oh, band and playing a gig was too early, <laughs> and we played practiced four times. And, and I had to write all them. Yeah, he had to write all new melodies, <laughs> all new lyrics. Uh, We kept some of the old material, but we had new material that nothing had been written to before, and uh, (laughs) here he goes. Writes songs, melodies, guitar hooks. Um, We bring in some of his material, and we played a gig. And we played about, uh, I don't know, how many gigs do we play before we decided to go in the studio? Five or six six gigs before we decided. Uh, We got to get this down on tape. So we broke into the studio, and... uh, Created some magic.
1: Oh, yeah. The rest is history.
0: Is <laughs> it history?
1: <laughs>
0: it's future story. Future? Is it sorry. history? Not really. Nice. Sorry, Gene. Nice. awful. I know.
2: So uh, you, you, you did have another bass player in town, and then I'm thinking about it. Uh, Scott. Um, was it Scott? You talking Rob Peterson?
0: Rob Peterson. Oh, That's Rob it. Peterson.
2: Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, Rob. <laughs> but did you learn anything off him, or is it just too far removed from you?
0: Uh, no, he wasn't really too far removed. I, I taught him his first song on bass, and then he just picked it up, and uh, he, he took the bass in a whole different direction than I went. I was more rock and roll, mm-hmm. and he took a jazz, man. He found Jocko yeah, yeah. long before I found Jocko. Yeah. And uh, he comes from a very musical family. His older brother is a guitar player and actually has his own home studio who's a really good producer. Yeah. Um yeah but rob took the bass and man
2: whoo he is nasty man. oh i thought he had started long before you, you no
0: no was it was funny we were, at, were really we were at we were at our friend uh terry's house one night and just wailing on my little grand prix and to a little sears bass amp and uh he picked it up and i i can't remember was it i think it was like motley Crue or something i taught him and uh he decided he was gonna play bass from there, and he got a bass, picked yeah. it up, and wow, he just like I said, he found jazz, and he's amazing. Oh, yeah. he really is, and he's. I still talk to him to this day. He's a fantastic bass player. He, but he now he plays everything. You know, he plays piano, he plays guitar, he sings. He's really so many albums that's not even funny. Oh, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I learn things
2: when I watch him. Yeah, yeah, Obviously, right,
0: like right. I said, I learn from watching others, and. Yeah, yeah. and You know, I actually managed one of his bands for a time called Grow.
2: Oh, I remember Grow. I I think I probably still have that cassette somewhere.
0: Probably, probably. uh, And it's funny because they recorded that cassette. The Grow cassette was recorded at a studio called Audio Excellence in Milford. And um, the Sheltered later recorded one song at that same studio, which is now 9B Studios.
2: Nice. Yep. Nice, man. So, uh, you, have, you have another band also, besides The Sheltered. I play in a
0: uh, 90s grunge alt-rock tribute band called Tollbooth Willie. And the singer for that band is? Mr. Ray Osier. <laughs> he is the man with the master plan for the greater Milford local scene.
2: And the drummer for that band is? Mr. Keith Ryan. <laughs> Mr. Keith Ryan. was also the drummer for? The Sheltered. <laughs>
0: It's all, uh, it's like a little band incestual. (laughs) Oh, it really is. I actually text message here from Mr. Keith. He's on his way. He's just, uh, he was
2: running a little bit. Nice, nice, nice. Maybe we can get him in on the pot. If he gets here, Uh, we'll see. We'll see. Nice, man. Have you, uh, ever like played with, uh, anybody, uh, like, uh, famous or anything like that, or been in the studio or,
0: uh, I've only been in a studio a couple times. Um, as far as studio claim to fame, The Guilt recorded a three-song EP at a studio in Providen- yeah, it was Providence, Rhode Island, mm-hmm. called Mill Rat Studios mm-hmm. that was run by Tom Buckland, who was the former bass player for, I want to say, The Circle Jerks. Mm-hmm. Oh. I remember that. That's, as far as studio, I mean, that's as the big as I, as I have worked with. Yeah, yeah. Don't forget, too, when we recorded uh, at 9B, we played in the
1: same room as... Uh, um, what's his face from Extreme? The drummer's drum set.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean that's. Not, but yeah, but I didn't work with that guy. No, but it's close. Enough. I played next to his drum kit. Big freaking deal. I play <laughs> next to a drum kit every day, and it doesn't give me a boner. Anyway,
2: <laughs> so so you're married now.
0: I am married. I've been married for to be twelve years uh, this year on my birthday to a beautiful woman, Jessica.
2: Love you every day, and uh, and you have a you have a son.
0: I I do, and it's as a matter of fact. Um, he had asked for something, (laughs) and I think I'm going to try to do it here. Uh oh! Very cool, celebrity (laughs) calling. So, if this uh, if I can get this to work.
2: We're only making plans for Nigel. Hello,
4: Grandma.
0: Hi, Daddy. Here we is. It's our our surprise guest, Lucas Vaughn Greenwood. Woo! (laughs) Hi, buddy. What's going on, pal? (laughs) You got to talk. You're on the podcast. Uh Uh-oh. Hello, Lucas. (laughs) (laughs) are you there Luke (laughs) this is the best call ever are you still there pal
2: you did a good hello hold on mute
4: button mute button we're
0: we're good all right he hit the mute button (laughs) Lucas Vaughn Greenwood how you doing pal good so uh those you might not know this is my boy Lucas Lucas do you play do you play any instruments yeah what do you play The violin. Do you really?
4: Yeah.
0: Are you getting good at the violin? Nice. Yeah,
4: you
0: know that. I do know that, but our listeners to the podcast don't know that. What is your favorite song to play on the violin?
4: Uh, Each and Every Ant.
0: What is that? Each and Every Ant. Each and Every Mm Ant? That's a great song. Besides the violin, do you play anything else? The drums? You, you, you're you a drummer too, huh? Ooh, I have to have you come to City. <laughs> Are you in a band with anybody? No. No, you're not? I thought you, you were. Oh, oh, you're in a band with me? I knew we had another band out there. <laughs> what is the name of your or my band? The Black and Blues Brothers. What is that? Say it a little slower.
4: The Black and Blues Brothers.
0: The Black and Blues Brothers. Nice name. <laughs> And I know that you are a superhero fan. So,
4: yes, I am.
0: Okay. So what do you like better, Marvel or DC? Marvel. Why do you like Marvel better? Because i like Spider-Man. <laughs> and is Spider-Man your favorite character? No. No? Superman. Su- well, well we, you know Superman's not Marvel, right?
4: I like Spider-Man
0: I know you like Spider-Man Is Spider-Man your favorite?
4: Yeah
0: Okay So Is this the best day ever? Yeah Why does it make it the best day ever? To get to be on the podcast That's awesome, pal Awesome, man (laughs) Tell tell me, me Do us all a favor Will you go and subscribe And write a review of our podcast? Sure Okay do you going to need help with that? Yeah.
2: Okay. You know, you can't too, Nigel. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So what, what else? What do you mean by that? What do I mean
0: by that? Yeah. That's David just being silly.
4: Oh.
0: So what Tell I, your mama she can't too. <laughs> what else can you tell us, Lucas?
4: Uh... You know what song I like to play on the violin
0: I want to? What's that? Play
4: on the violin.
0: What's that? Star Wars. Star Wars? You want to learn to play Star Wars on violin? Yeah. That's awesome. Star so, Wars. So speaking of Star Wars, who is your favorite Star Wars character?
4: Darth Vader.
0: Really? Why is Darth Vader your favorite? Because so
4: like red and black.
0: Because you like red and black?
4: Mm-hmm.
0: And who were you named after? Close enough You were actually named after the guy who created it Mr. George Lucas (laughs) Alright, so buddy We're going to wrap this up But I want you to tell me a joke I want you to tell me your favorite joke
4: What do you get when you cross a coconut with a chicken?
0: What do you get when you cross a coconut with a chicken? Yeah, a crocodile. A, a crocodile with a chicken. I have no idea. What do you get?
4: A crocodile. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, that is beautiful. Well, there, folks, that is my pride and joy right there. And uh, my beautiful wife, I can hear her on the phone. Jessica, say hello as well. Hello as well. <laughs> well welcome to your first time on the podcast. Hey, Hey, Jess. <laughs> Hello,
3: Jess, and welcome.
0: Hello. <laughs> Do you have any anything you would like to share with the audience?
4: Um, no.
0: You're just as interesting. <laughs> Do you uh, have I'm a great them. husband? <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs>
1: What's yeah. your favorite superhero, Jess?
0: <laughs> Hello?
4: Hello. There
0: you are. What is your favorite
4: super I put sprinkles on
0: my ice cream. You have sprinkles on your ice cream? Like
4: chocolate, chocolate
0: sprinkles on my ice cream. Ooh. Ah. That sounds yummy. All right, guys. <laughs> We're going to wrap this up, but thank-, <laughs> but thank you for joining us for this very special segment of In the Den with no, Fox I
4: know. Cream.
0: You're going to sing us a song? You're going to sing us out? hey that's very oh. good buddy right on man all right pal it's getting close to your bedtime so you be here for your mom and i will see you in the morning the too. I, I love and <laughs> Bye. Bye guys There we go folks Another very special guest on our Our podcast My pride and joy Lucas and my beautiful wife Jessica It's a beautiful thing It really <laughs> is yeah, It really is what how you can't get any better than having I Love Rock and Roll sang to you by us. A- That's funny to No
2: really. doubt, man. That was pretty good. It wasn't too bad It wasn't, or. it wasn't, you know. He learned that from Papa.
1: He's gonna sing better than Papa.
2: Papa he- was a rolling stone. That's yes, right. My son, yeah. And he's gonna give him a brand new bag. Hey now. Hey. <laughs> so uh Johnny what? How you doing? I'm doing how you doing. Let's uh let's find out a little bit about you for the movie. Okay. Yeah, I want you uh follow Todd, man. Tell us uh uh where and when you were born, man.
1: I was born Son of Bifert, brother Val. <laughs> a poor black child. No, wait, that wasn't me, that was the jerk. <laughs> I was born in 1973 mm-hmm. in Manchester, New Hampshire. No. In Cow Hampshire, Manch Vegas. Come on now. That's right, baby.
2: <laughs> and uh When did you uh, get into music, my man?
1: Um, I would say I probably started singing around four or five. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My sisters, I have two sisters that are much older than me. I think it's eight and nine years, respectively. Yeah. And they would give me like hand-me-down record albums. Yeah. So I would get UFO or I would get Boston. Uh, The first one I ever got was Kiss Destroyer. So you're right
0: there with Todd.
1: Oh, absolutely. That's the best one of the greatest albums ever made. Um and did it
0: did the cover frighten you too as a child? Surprisingly no.
1: Okay. <laughs> Just you, man. Just you. Um and I learned to sing Shut It Out Loud and Beth off of that when I was about four.
4: Hmm.
1: And then kept on singing from there. Like you know, when you're growing up like your family, oh sing for us, whatever, you know. So I do Kenny Rogers and crap like that.
2: Yeah.
1: I didn't get serious until I was probably like 13, 14. And that's when I started playing in bands and singing and being a front man and all that good stuff.
2: Very cool, very cool, man. So, uh, what was your first? Well, when did you start playing guitar? I started playing guitar
1: at thirteen. Yeah. And taught myself. I've, mm-hmm. I've never been to a you know an instructor. As you can tell, if you listen to my guitar playing, it's it's pretty well known. <laughs> I haven't found this in, uh, an instructor, but it's all good, man. I make do. Um, I'm just a hack.
2: Did uh, you come from a musical family?
1: Well. Yes and no. My mother, definitely not musical. Um, mm-hmm. Sorry, Mom, you really can't sing. No <laughs> offense. But my father is a uh, Middle Eastern drummer. Mm-hmm. He's also a singer as well. Um, he recorded an, an album back in, I believe it was 1952. I could be wrong on the date. Oh. Might have been a little later, but uh, it was with a band called the Automites. It was all Armenian folk music. Uh, almost like time music. More um, hmm. uh, time meaning like dance music, mm-hmm. Middle Eastern dance music. Uh, grew up around that. I have an older brother that I, I don't know my brothers very well. I have three of them. <clears throat> They're much older than me, but they, they grew up with their mom. Mm-hmm. My my mom and dad had been previously married before they met. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my oldest brother Steven plays electric guitar, was in a band in Milford back in the day called Racer. Mm-hmm. Um went out to California, played out there for a while. My brother Eddie, who uh didn't really keep up with it unfortunately. Um he played drums. Mm-hmm. Very good drummer. But didn't you know, it was just eh? I'll play. Yeah, you know he's not real big into it. Now that was that was his thing? It was it was good. Yeah, It just wasn't his thing. You know, my brother Stephen gave up music for. a while. I didn't really give it up, but um, stopped playing in a band. stopped playing out. He he uh, he's an accountant, I think, or a mortgage broker, something like that. Now he, but he still he still plays. He uh, just recorded a CD for his church. It's all uh, Christmas music and stuff like that, and acoustic. And him singing, he wrote a bunch of the songs for it. Very 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 talented musician as well. Um, so that's kind of probably where I get it from my dad's side of the family, absolutely. There's no, no question, you know. Hmm. So.
2: So when did you know you had that voice?
1: Oh, the voice? Hmm. Did you go through
2: the Bobby White Brady period? period? When Dave joined the band, Um yeah, kept Dave joined the band. <laughs> um,
1: I've had the voice since I was about 12, 13. Yeah, I, I, my voice changed very young. Probably started when I was about 11 and, and finished up towards the, the late, late 12 years old. And I've had pretty much, I mean, of course, it's getting deeper with age, but. I've had the deep voice ever since then. So and then I sang in bands all through high school. You know, I was never a guitar player. I would play some rhythm here and there, like one song, two songs, something like that. But other than that, I was a front man. That's all I did. And it was all covers, you know, we weren't writing stuff. We were high
2: school yeah. bands. Yeah. When and did you then, when did you get the itch to write then?
1: Uh well, I I didn't play music for years. Mm-hmm. Years upon years, but I was a karaoke DJ for a long time.
2: So yeah. I sang constantly. Mm-hmm.
1: And then I Oh no, Yes, exactly like that. Actually, that was way more in key than I was. Um, <laughs> then I picked up a bass. I, I mean, I still play my guitar for fun, but it wasn't anything serious. Then I picked up a bass. and actually started playing with a band for a little while. I mean, I had been in a band oh in my early twenties called A Regular Joe that I uh, sang and played guitar in, and then I ended up transitioning into the, being the drummer and the singer. But that we never went anywhere. I think we you know we played for maybe six months, and that was it. Um, when I get the bass, so I started playing in a band, and then you know that fell apart as things. Um, started really getting serious with my guitar. And I, uh, <laughs> when I was a Mason, I was in lodge with this guy, Matt Kozlowski. Mm-hmm. And he played in a band. And he was like, hey, you know, we're looking for a second guitar player you want to come on and try out. I was like, sure, what, you know, whatever. Started playing with these guys that were called Driven. Mm-hmm. Um, I was playing through. A, <laughs> my rig is way different now than it was back then. Mm-hmm. Back then, I was playing in Ibanez, uh, Las Paul with active pickups. I had a, a big Fender. 100 watt solid state amp and a digital
0: effects pedal. What would you guys sound like? Uh,
1: God smacky type stuff. God smacky. Actually, you know what? Close to the Three Days Grace. That's kind of what we sounded like.
0: So something like this.
1: Exactly like that. Actually, that's, that's very good. Fucking Rick Rolling bastard. Johnny's been Rick Rolling. I know. You. Um but it was it was definitely you know it was like Drop D type stuff. Um, the singer sounded a lot like the singer of Three Days Grace. Kid had an incredible voice. Unfortunately, he also had a substance abuse problem.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: So, I mean, that, that definitely to issues. We played out four times, mm-hmm. and then I was let go from the band. I was the old guy, the last guy to join, and mm-hmm. there was changes being made. So um, I was let go. I think part of it, too, was the other guitar player. He didn't like some of the stuff I brought into the band because they weren't really doing solos. And I did a couple solos in it, you know, goofy stuff, blue stuff, and this really heavy stuff, and it sounded neat. So they, they're like, yeah, keep doing it. When I got tossed out of that, I, I turned to... Yeah exactly turned to a fellow Mason uh, Ed Lins and said hey man I know you play drums why don't we start a band mm. okay so he came to my house at the time I was living in Milbury <clears throat> and uh, he showed up with an electronic drum kit which was fine mm. I still had my rig from, the, from Driven big ass rig that I didn't need um, and I brought a buddy of mine Scott down now Scott can sing his ass off unfortunately he wasn't really a right fit so for a while, it was just Ed and myself, and then uh, um, Alan joined the band, Alan Palazzini, a uh, very good guitar player, and we had brought in a bass player, his name was Alex, and Alex played with us for three, four months, and then the band went on hiatus, because we had no place to practice. I moved, mm. things changed, so when The Lodge became available, that's when I got back in touch with Al mm. and, and Ed, of course, we had, I mean, not that I had lost contact, but it was, hey man, we had a place to play, and that's how... Todd got the phone call. We, you know, and the rest. You know, Todd just talked about Crafty. You know, that's that's pretty much how it went down. But this is the first band I've ever been the guitar player. You know, really? this it's kind of not every song, but it hinges on me for a lot of it. And that it was does. very, very, very nerve wracking to say the least when I started.
2: It's gonna be legend. You mean when you started Wait, alone, or when you dairy. just started just playing? Guitar? When I started
1: alone with this band, yeah, it was. Todd says, "You know, hey, do you want to get another guitar player?" I went, "You know, I'd really like to uh, take some of the heat off me, but on the other hand, I don't want to deal with another guitar player because mm. I just let the 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 what went on previous to the the to Alan leaving the band. I was as Todd had put it, very restricted. I really wasn't. I was kind of held back, and I was oh, kind of no. I was getting kind of irritated. So when the change did happen, I said, you know, let me try this,' but it was very nerve wracking." Mm.
0: But John just came in and was just like you wanna play no.
3: Say hello to my friend.
2: <laughs> You just wanted to get her done. would you cup now,
1: Frank? <laughs> Yo, as <it's> Paul would <laughs> And that's pretty much the story. I mean, and then the rest of it. I mean, Todd definitely yeah, yeah, yeah. you know touched upon in the shelter. But you know, a lot of things I think I picked up in Rough Axe are from the other guitar player. It's mm. my love of tube amps, which mm. I could care less about before, mm. um, and wanting better quality instruments. Yeah. And then some. I mean, some of my playing, I got to say, was influenced by by Al. He has a phenomenal guitar player. I'm not going to take that away from him. He's incredible. So I mean, you'll hear some of that influence in me. Not a whole ton, but there's some. There's some there definitely. Good experience. I'll put it the, yeah. put it that way.
2: Very nice. Very
1: nice, man. <gasps> so yeah, I don't have a big, huge musical history.
2: So you you really started writing in this band, do you think? Yeah.
1: I, I mean, I wrote some shit when I was in high school, you know, goofing around crap. Yeah, yeah. And, or my ex-wife, I had written her a song at one point for Valentine's Day. But you know, goofy shit like that, it was Aww. nothing serious. And then, Aww. in Driven, I had a, ha- a hand mm-hmm. in like a chord here or there, but mostly everything was written when I came into the band. And they Excellent. Weren't, they weren't, looking to write anything new. They wanted yeah. to play what they were playing. They didn't want to make it big. They just wanted to play out, and that was about it. Um,
0: I think this is another one of them.
1: <laughs> they were a little heavier than this, but only a little bit. Just a little bit? Only a little bit. Um, I will say, though, you know, luckily when I was driven, that's exactly us right there, actually.
4: <laughs>
1: we, uh, I did get the opportunity to open for a national recording artist. His name is uh, Fred Schaefer. Mm-hmm. He It was right before his album Resistor came out, and I, I got to tell you, I mean, he's not super huge, but the, the dude's incredible, an, inc- an incredible performer, an incredible showman, musician, and just, he's an all-around really, really, really nice guy, and if I ever get the chance to play with him again, I'll be very lucky.
3: Yeah.
2: Excellent. Nice. Nice, man.
1: And that's the story.
2: So you, uh, you're you writing, because Todd touched on this, you know, uh, the writing between the both of you.
1: It happens by accident. Really? Um, our song Shine is a prime example of that. We were sitting down in the uh, in the living room downstairs. <laughs> he has acoustic bass. I have mm. my acoustic out. I just started playing some chords, and he went, keep playing that. Mm. I kept playing it. He wrote a bass line to it. We came together on like the chorus and the bridge and all that, and mm. it just kind of came together.
2: Now, did you have uh, did you have anything written to that previously, Todd? No. The, like that bassline. <laughs> not, not at all. Really? No,
0: it was just the chords he was playing. Something just popped into my head, and I just had to work it out. Because mm-hmm.
2: yeah. that's very... Uh,
0: the bass line that you hear yeah. on that song is pretty much what I wrote the first time Absolutely. I wrote it down in no the bass, Down in downstairs, yeah. That was it, pretty much it.
2: Because I didn't know if that had been around because, uh, you know, like the one for uh, Breaking Away, you know, you had for a long time, which is not similar, but it's uh, there's uh, there's a lot going on in that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, Breaking Away was
1: a completely different story though That was, Todd had that for 20 years Yeah, I've had that for a long time And he played it for me, I'm like, let me me play And originally I was playing it way different And we were doing it as an instrumental actually
0: Yeah And then Dave, that was an instrumental until you came into the band We played that as an instrumental live for the first time Because there was a problem with the sound system And no mics were working so, we had to keep something going there, so I turned to John and said, "John, let's you know at that point it was called uh what was it?" TJ
1: 2 or JT2 JT2
0: <laughs> It was called JT2 I'm like John Let's play J- JT2 Mike hadn't even played Any drums on it At that point Ah he winged it Yeah and he just winged it And we played it For four and a, four and a half Five minutes Until the yeah. the mics came back on And then we hopped Right back into our set We just kind of jammed on it. it was fun though yeah, It was It was <laughs> And then a lot
1: of that song Like the chorus part Is exactly what I played That night
0: what are playing now? Yeah, yeah. And then finally some lyrics were into it. We played that at the uh the acoustic show with Mike Kraft, uh with one of the, the first coffee house series and uh Milford Performing Arts Center.
1: That was Shine though, not Breaking Away. Oh yeah, I'm talking, sorry. Breaking away was played with dude, David John Ritchie for the first I, time. I had yeah. a David moment, really? sorry. Yeah, you were the first person to ever sing to it, dude. That was To uh to
0: Breaking Away. That was all of you. Really? Yeah. Uh, so there, there was a huh? couple pieces. I have some, some pieces here and there where someone was trying to, Mike was trying to work on stuff with it, but uh, he not it, it. Yeah, it never came of anything.
2: Hmm.
1: Yeah, it was. and I'm really glad that that song came together
2: the way giggity it did.
4: Giggity goo. Me too.
2: Well, let's go. Let's go through the album, man. Um, first song. <laughs> Make it happen. Oh, first song, man. Make it happen. Uh, which is yeah, which is mine. But I wrote that uh, pretty much for Todd. Uh, uh when we were playing previously. Oh, okay, so
1: let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. How does it sound now as compared to when it was recorded previously or
2: written previously? Uh it's a little less noisy because I have somebody else playing guitar with me. <laughs> uh it's a little more structured obviously because we were actually able to kind of work it out. Um you know between you know cuz we had more instrumental instruments in the band. Uh I have to just say it just sounds better because we, I mean, because we were able to add vocals. We were really able to work it out. I think uh, you know it was very primitive the way me and Todd were doing it with Mike. I had never played guitar before at all. Like I mean, only, when you wrote this, you're saying, yeah. I mean, I I played guitar like for myself to write to you know right, but you not, know, to record. Not but I had never situation. ever played guitar with anybody before. I played with Todd, so when I played it with him, it was. Uh,
0: Todd likes when they plays with them. Did everybody see me? Hear me? Smile.
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs> so when I played uh, with Todd for the first time, and it was very nice, uh, it uh, it uh, you know, I had a I had to really work out how I was going to play because I didn't even know didn't even know if I could really play a lead like over something. I had no idea. You know, I had no idea if I was even going to be good. You know, so. Uh, <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, I'm just a normal bass player,
2: you know, but yeah, That's I'd, I'd say it sounds on. a lot, I, I'd say it's a lot, it's a lot more structured, a lot more worked out. E- even if we played it a more freeform, it'd still be a lot more structured now. I get you. Cause I know what I'm doing more on guitar a little bit. I've got somebody else to help me out. I don't have to rely completely on myself to do it. But Todd, I think might probably be doing a lot of the same things. Maybe, maybe more now. I would What's assume why? you, are you doing more than you did before in that song? Uh, I'm doing less, I think. Really?
0: Yeah. I think I'm doing less because I I don't know, my fingers or my hands were younger back then, and I kind of did a little more slap pop back then. Uh, I play a five string now. That might be a, a big difference. But uh, I mean for the majority of the song It's the exact same mm-hmm. Some of the fills have changed Definitely mm-hmm. And uh, just kind of the way I just played it and, you know, Now that I'm just playing it with a pick I'd have to say
2: It's I'd 75% still the same Yeah and I was playing it more on like a rock guitar before Now I'm playing it more on a When on the telly Yeah now I'm playing it on a telly Maybe I should film myself so I'm playing it on Tele now everybody? so it's uh it's just a lot different. You know, it just sounds more like a Stevie song or something yeah, like yeah, that.
1: Yeah, yeah, cuz you get the single coils going and no humbuckers and Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know. I don't think I put a lot of gain on you on that amp when you're running so it's
2: No, no. You're, I'm almost running out. clean, I'd yeah. say. Sometimes I use a wall live uh, but we didn't do one on the recording. No, and it's you No, know, and great I didn't I didn't it. use anything when I was playing with Todd fact i might have been playing i know i was playing out of somebody else's rig so it was the first time it that i ever was whatever yeah yeah yeah. Point, yeah you know so uh yeah it sounds a lot better now uh number two coming home coming <laughs> yes.
3: home baby coming
2: home was one of those
1: things i had a riff i brought it to todd you did you brought it to and todd? then todd and i got together with it and wrote a song <laughs> in minutes want to hear it <laughs>
0: There
1: it goes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I honestly, it was just like, boom!
0: Hey, here's a song.
2: Now, did you guys play that with anybody else? Had it you guys done anything least, with it,
0: that? It was written in minutes, but structure-wise, it took that a while took to come up, come up with how we wanted to do it. And a lot of that actually came from Mike Arguin because he really didn't want to play our standard, you know, verse pre-chorus chorus verse pre-chorus chorus solo yeah, chorus. He didn't want to do it standard, and we mm. kind of we kind of did it verse, you know, verse. Uh Bridge Bridge chorus chorus. Solo. Solo. Bridge chorus. Bridge. Yeah, we kinda messed it up a little bit, mm-hmm. but that uh that's a good song. It's a fun song.
1: It is. Uh number three is breaking away. Breaking away. We just talked about that. Yep.
2: Well, that bass line you said had been around for a long time.
1: Twenty years. Yeah. Something that a, I'd yeah, always pick i pick up a bass, I'd play it. I'll tell you right now, when I when I hear you play that, I played Victor Wooten mm-hmm. for being Victor. Because she had never heard him. Mm -hmm. And you know, he plays what I call what I like to call lead bass. Yeah. That's what Todd's doing in that song. He's holding down the rhythm in that song. Mm. I'm doing nothing but accenting what you sing.
2: That's true.
1: That's all I'm doing. He's holding everything down. Mm -hmm. So I mean that's and that's the beauty of that song, I think.
2: That actually that is what I like about the song because it's it's sparse in a way, but that's that's actually what makes it great. And how many Mm -hmm. bass players do you hear
1: play chords on their bass?
2: Yeah, except for I don't know. It's not very often Possibly.
0: I feel
3: like Ken Solo. You're Van Kenobi and we're in
0: that
3: fucked up bar. <laughs> oh, God. I'm going to have to oh, use the God. audio
0: from this.
1: What was track five? Or four, uh, four I'm sorry.
0: Track four is
1: Wild,
2: Wild Ride. Ride. Oh, yeah. yeah. Now, that song, I now that song took me a long time to, to write anything for. Uh, a lot of your songs I wrote uh, just came out really fast. I was able to write the hooks for him, really able to come up with them almost instantly. But Wild Ride, um, maybe I should face this towards me, that might be good. Uh, Wild Ride, um, what's that other song? Uh, Shake Your Money Maker. Yeah. Took me, oops, took me forever, literally forever. I, I just sat and I was, uh, me and my wife took a trip to Texas uh, and I was sitting in a hotel room and I'm... And I just kept trying things over and over again, and she's like, "What are you mumbling? What are you mumbling?" Because <laughs> I just you kept trying hooks. All I, the
1: time, Dave. Yeah.
2: yeah, I just kept trying hooks and and all kinds of different things. And then once Dave I talks. came up with uh, the, the the chorus, "Wild Ride," once I hit on you were that, all done. Then. I was done. And then it was just easy to put together the, the the verses. And we're gonna cut off at number five. We're going to cut off at number five? Well,
1: yeah, we're going to cut off because we're, we're kind of running out of time here, guys. Oh, I mean, man. I hate to be the bearer of bad well, news. Oh, that's fine.
2: We're doing next week, brother. Uh,
1: we, we got five more we can do next week.
2: Hell yeah. You Whoa, see, bro. that leaves oh, half. So, and so. you know what one of those songs is. What? Where?
1: What? What? Uh, what I will say this "A Wild Ride. Originally, it was called Gonna Go Off. Oh, yeah? The intro was slightly different, but the rhythm section was written by Todd and I. Uh, as was the chorus and stuff. So I mean that that song uh, when it was gonna go off, it wasn't a bad song. It was just different. Mm-hmm. So and that's it. Anyway, five more for next week. See I'm that all. guys? You get a little more. You get a little more I'm info. All.
2: Oh, the jellyfish. The jellyfish. Hello. Jellyfish.
3: jellyfish. God, still too far away. Hello. Hello. We're
2: only making plans for Nigel. Seems
4: you're always plotting on me. <laughs>
2: Who's plopping on you?
0: <laughs> oh, not quite.
2: Quite. I've got a bit more class than that. Nigel got on the album, but you'll have to listen to it That's to know. It's
0: uh, a bit of introspect, if you will.
2: I thought you were asking for wet work.
0: Uh, no, not quite. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Rather dry. Dry. Dry, dry. Like, like, like September.
2: I'd have to say, um,. Nigel's song on the album is one of my favorites.
0: <laughs> it was uh, unexpected for me anyways.
2: Sure. Were you surprised I, that you yeah, were I, on the you album? You
0: have no idea. I was sitting on the couch and John, John, Johnny played <laughs> it for me. And I was like, what? Because <laughs> <Like>, uh, <laughs> we were just setting up that day. Mm-hmm. And Todd was checking over some things with me. And I was like, to hear that come through, was, I was like, Are you? what the? <laughs> here's, a, here's, a, here's a clip of Nigel's song.
3: Whoop <laughs> <Gangnam> Style. <laughs> gangnam star. Gangnum star. Whoop 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 gang style. Whoop. style.
2: Yeah, we're not gonna tell you what Nigel's song is because that would be uh giving wrong. Yeah it would be wrong, man. We can't get that shit away. That's just not right.
3: It's not right. It's not right. Rolling oh, busters, slimy busters. Yes, quite. <laughs> oh, A
0: hogwash.
3: All right,
2: guys. I think we might have to call it a day, yeah, so I that think, we can get to rehearsal.
0: I think this uh, this this very informative uh, Hard Rock Road Good special stuff. edition of the podcast has uh, come to the end here. I don't know why I'm, take I'm take still talking to this accent, so I'll, I'll go back to my normal I'll flip voice. the thing
2: around, Nigel. <laughs> so anyway,
0: yeah, yeah. so uh, for this very special Sunday edition. Sunday <laughs> edition.
3: Special special I'm going to get on the Sunday, mic now. Sunday. I've been on the
2: mic all podcast, baby.
0: Sunday, Sunday. I had we a hot right. dog and a
2: hamburger. There we go. With no buns.
1: The National <laughs> Hot Rod Association. That's <laughs> Dave.
0: There's your Damn. buns for you. That's right. Anyway, bitty, bitty, bitty. Okay, book. So for the sheltered For this week For Sunday April 27th yes, Without right. the lucky
2: lady being oh, We we, missed. Well, we, should, we should have had somebody uh, Imitate her or something Johnny, imitate her I can't imitate her I can't Come either. on, you live with the woman You can't imitate her No You gotta have an imitation of her Have you heard me talk? You gotta have an imitation of no her imitation. though You must be like eh, eh, You know like She's like, not like
1: that though So <laughs> I've never liked that
2: <laughs> <laughs> Most people have an imitation of their wife
0: no, I really don't
2: uh, I he's smart
0: he, yeah yeah. I'm
2: not going to do he's an invitation be married. of mine
0: he's going to be married soon he needs to uh, learn his place
2: I'll do an invitation of so my wife you. to her face
0: but not mm. uh, <laughs> you got to realize from now on she, did it go off you got to realize from oh, now you got to realize from blast. now on there she go. is your yeah I know there you go sir <laughs> she was already anyway Yes. With that. With that and this fine pod 21, I am Fox Greenwood, your very special host for this Right podcast, on. With my three favorite bandmates Johnny V. Huh? Double D. Yo,
3: baby! What's up? So-
0: and Mr. Dave. How
3: you doing,
0: Mr. Carter? <laughs> well, moving on up, moving, moving on, on up, up to up the east side. east side. Moving on up to a deluxe apartment
3: in, in the, the sky. sky. Yeah, we're moving on up to the east side. Cause I finally got a piece of the pie. pie. Beans don't uh, burn uh, in the kitchen. What? Steaks don't burn on the grill. Tell yeah. me. Gotta have a whole lot of try again. Something. <laughs> Just to something, get up that hills.
0: hill. Yeah. yeah up
3: in the big leagues. Taking a turn at Baptist. Hallelujah. As long as we're here, it's you and me, baby. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Let's say we're moving, moving on, on up. up. Moving on up. To the east side. We're moving east on up. To a deluxe apartment, apartment. There in there the sky. sky.
4: We're yeah, we're moving, moving on, on up. up. Moving on up.
3: To the east side To the east side Cause I finally got a piece of, of the pie. pie Yeah